Welcome to episode 48 of the Known Pleasures podcast. Today we have another interview episode for you. It's one that all three of us are really excited about, although I won't be partaking. I'm kind of working behind the scenes today. In this episode, we'll be talking to the former lead singer and songwriter of the seminal UK punk band, The Stranglers, Hugh Cornwell. On the eve of his upcoming Australian tour, we will be asking him about the new album, his days with The Stranglers, and everything in between. So get a grip on yourself and listen in to a few moments of madness from the mind of Hugh Cornwell. Thanks so much for joining us. You've got a hectic schedule in the next few months. You've got gigs in, what, the Netherlands, uh, the UK, and then you're coming out to New Zealand and Australia in July and August. That's it. Yeah, that's it. We're very excited about that. Um, can I start by asking about the Moments of Madness album, the lyrics on the album in particular? Is it difficult to get the balance right between being a cynical old Codger, to uh, quote the uh, Strangler song, and trying to sort of be connected with the world? I mean, the, some of the lyrics like, I uh, don't want to be a young man, there's no attraction I can see. Are you inhabiting a character there? In- it's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm. Ad- my years are advancing, and I'm not a young man anymore. So it's, a, it's me facing facts and face being truthful. You know, it's, it's not, it's not conjuring up some character that, that I'm. I'm not an, I'm not an actor. You know, that's what actors do. Uh, act- actors can't stand to be themselves. They, they feel terrible when they're not playing a role. So they, they, they don't know who they are, you know, which is a very sad state of affairs to be in. Well, most of them are. Um, so, um, no, I, I just... Uh, Moments of Madness was, is really coming clean about a lot of things, you know, and, um, and that's one of them, you know, admitting, admitting that, that you're getting older and you're losing your faculties. But luckily, the faculties of making music haven't left me yet. And, um, and really, you look back at, at youth now and you think, well, there's, there's not a lot to be uh, that I can uh, you know, be jealous of there. You know, I'd, rather, I'd rather be where I think I'd rather be where I am. Thank you. <laughs> well, I think um, another lyric, see what the world is coming to, couldn't make it up if you wanted to. Then again, this could be a nightmare. Better kick me in the derriere which is a fantastic rhyme, by the way. So, yeah, yeah. I think your feelings about the world are coming through loud and clear. Good, yeah, yeah. And my, I mean, that song, I Want to Hide Inside It, it's a, it, It's getting back to a primeval thing that, that uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm brought back to something that I heard when I was 15 years old in school. A kid in out at one of the classrooms got up before the teacher came in and said, listen, guys, I've come to a conclusion. He said, um, he said, um, ma- man spends his first eight months of his life trying to get out of a woman and then spends the rest of his life trying to get back in. And I, I never, I, I never forgot that. And this is a 15 year old kid that came up with that, which I thought was incredible. So, I mean, you know, it's a primeval thing, you know, and that, that line you, that you, that verse you just quoted from that song, is just sums it all up really. I mean, you know, I just want to go off and hide and be safe and sound somewhere. It's extraordinary that something at school comes into a, a song title several decades later. You never know where the uh, creativity is going to come from. No, it, yeah, I mean, it just made sense to make it all one word. You know, I, I told my ma- 
I told my manager what the title was and he said, so it's I that then want to. And I went, no, no, it's all one word. I want to hide inside you. It's just one word, you know. It, that's how it makes sense to me. Um, Hugh, um, thanks for joining us. Really uh, great to speak to you. I've been a long-time admirer of your works. Um, according to your uh, your autobiography, Multitude of Sins, you said you discovered music at a very early age. I just want to talk a bit about that going back to school days. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you really want to be a singer just like Cliff Richard? That is a true story. You know, I, I didn't want to be an engine driver and I didn't want to be a doctor and I didn't want to be anything else I could think of. And that was the only thing that that, uh, that had fired my imagination, you know. So so I said it and got obviously got in a lot of hot water when I got home that night uh, from my parents. And what do you... No, we just had a call from the school saying that you said, you know... <laughs> And I said, well, I'm just trying to be honest. You know, and they were, you can't say things like that. Well, who's laughing now, eh? <laughs> well, that, that became, and that caused confusion in my head. So I thought, well, I, I was always told you got to be, you got to speak the truth. So I spoke the truth and now I'm getting into trouble for it, you know, but that isn't that life, you know, isn't that the story of life? <laughs> Indeed it is. Um, with that, sort of given that you left the Stranglers, you know, in 1990 after your final gig with them and you released over 10 solo albums, I think, um, when you come and uh, do these gigs around the world playing, you know, some of the old songs and obviously some of the new ones as well and talking about those days with, with people like us, um, does it feel like you're recalling a completely different life, like a whole other person that you almost don't recognise now? Yeah, I mean, it feels like I'm doing cover versions, you know, when I play the Stranger <laughs> songs. It's, re- it's really odd. I mean, I don't mean that in any disrespectful way to the, to the songs because I love them. You know, I mean, I, I, I wrote or co-wrote all of them. So uh, I, I love, you know, I love, the, I love the songs and they're part of me and part of my character and I can't imagine going on stage and playing a whole set of, uh, without playing, without touching a Strangler song. It would be really odd uh, and it wouldn't feel right. Uh, and that's that's just how I feel truthfully, you know, so it's not made up. Um, so uh, so I don't know if that answers your, your question. Yeah, it does, it does. It's interesting seeing the evolution of the creative side of the Stranglers and yourself. I recently read your Arnold Drive novel and really enjoyed it. And the affection and almost almost reverence you have for the vicar in that novel is, is slightly in contrast to the fairly jokey bell clip for Duchess, the uh, choristers. Oh, the, the video, the video in the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, and I like them both equally, the Duchess film clip and the Arnold, Arnold Drive novel. But just the uh, evolution of your your attitude to the church or to the establishment, I'm not sure the uh, connection between those two. Well, I'm not sure either. <laughs> I mean, at the time, the video made sense, and um, when we were making the video, and then uh, and then when I was writing Arnold Drive, that made sense too. You know, so. Um, I, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. Do you um, recall fondly coming to Australia? I think it was in 79 for the first time uh, with the band. I know you were the first, you know, punk band or so-called punk band to come to Australia and it was sort of a, a bit controversial as I recall it. I think we couldn't go to New Zealand. Is that right? I think we came to Australia. We went to Australia and we wanted to go to New Zealand, but they 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 read all the stories about us and believed them all and 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 were scared of letting us in so they wouldn't let us in i think that's what happened the first time we came down there yeah it was uh, it was 
It was a great trip. Um, I remember that uh, before coming to Australia, we'd been to Japan for the first time. And, you know, when, when, the, when we got the news that we were going to, to Japan and then, then we were going to Australia straight afterwards, everyone was really excited about going to Japan. But I was more excited about coming to Australia because uh, it's somewhere that, that I sort of had a – I could relate to. I mean, you can't really relate as a Westerner to Japan. I mean, it's just, it's just a complete foreign culture. You know, it's, it's, mm. alien, it's totally alien. They, it's like they've stood – they do everything – uh, it seems like when you first go there that it's a completely alien culture. But in fact, the UK and Japan have got a lot of things in common, um, I've, I've, I've realised. Um, you know, they're an island off a large uh, landmass with a strange weather, uh, unpredictable weather. They, they're, they're, they're riddled by traditional values, which other people think are very quaint. Uh, they're both the same, you know. Um uh, in that respect so they've got a lot a lot of similarities but at the time i i was so excited about going to australia it was it was funny you got a great song out of it too you got a nuclear device out of the queensland trip so it wasn't a total waste um there there was a venue in what do you remember the venue we played in brisbane that was it was a tavern and a large tavern the exchange tavern i think it was called from I'm yeah and, and it got it got closed down afterwards by peterson's uh boys you know they, mm. they they managed to close it down because they came in and started a riot when we were playing in there so, so obviously it got got its license revoked but it it, it wouldn't have if they hadn't have um, you know provoked it um in the first place so uh, there you go anyway that that's that's your business the, the internal politics of australia uh it was yeah it was fun and um i love perth as well i've got great I know you, you, the rest of you in the country, look at Perth as being, are they really part of Australia? From a foreigner's <laughs> point of view, it's, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful place to visit. You know, it's, it's part and past. The whole place is a complete um, Pandora's box, you know, Australia. And uh, on one hand, you can wake up one day and you'll be in Perth and you can wake up the next day and you're in Sydney and they're completely different. Uh, you know, different places and attitudes and everything. So it's it's wonderful. Well, we love having yeah, it's you. It's great. So <laughs> keep coming back. <laughs> you were more or less banned, weren't you, from the Australian music show Countdown? Was that was that the story? Countdown. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, is that right? Uh, the host of the show, uh, Ian Ian Meldrum, certainly came up with a fairly vitriolic anti stranglers statement. I recall. Well, the, well, guys, you know that what we what you're talking about is so long ago. I mean, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been out, I've been out of the Stranglers twice as long as I was in there. So you know, <laughs> that's right. To, yeah. to yeah. me, to me, it's a distant fleck, a blurred image on the horizon from where I am now. So, uh, so I, I, I can't really offer much. I, I think you probably know more about what happened then than I do. You know. Uh, but I do remember going for the coming to Australia for the first time. You know that was nice, and um, and I remember coming back five years ago, the last time I came with uh, mm. with Windsor and Pat, the same lineup, and uh, this time we'll have the we'll be able to play some songs from um, Moments of Madness as well, which is which is going to be good. So it's a full band you're bringing. Oh yes, 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 yes. When they say it's a solo tour, that can be a bit misleading because. A lot of people think, oh, solo, that means he's going to stand there with an acoustic guitar and do a sort of a Bob Dylan thing. But no, a solo tour 
is really uh, misleading people. It's 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 a it's a, it's a tour of me with a band, you know, it's, it's, mm. uh, and under my name. So uh, could, it'd probably be better if it said the Hugh Cornwell band. Mm. That that would be less misleading, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> did you always feel that you'd go solo? I mean, you know, going going back in time, did you always think one day, look, I, I want to do my own stuff? I, I can't sort of see myself. No, not at no, not at all, not at all. I was very at home. I was very at home in uh, in the Strangler's ethic and the way it was, um, the way it was, uh, the way it behaved. You know, I was very at home in that for for a long time. You know, I felt it was my band. I, I started it, so. Mm. Uh, uh, but then I got, uh, I got, I got uh, bored with it, you know, and uh, thought I could. Um, I thought I'd have more fun. I think it's down to having fun, you know. It wasn't any fun anymore, so uh, I thought I could have more fun if I if I if I wasn't in the band. You've, you've compared being in a band to a relationship, like a marriage. Do you find the, the, the situation you're in now a lot easier? Where you, I guess you're changing partners. Is that <laughs> a good way of putting it? Oh, not at not at all. It's it's you see because because it's my it's my show, and you know so, so there's no politics anymore. You know the one thing I do, I don't miss about being in a band is the bloody politics involved. There's no nobody's. You don't have to keep anyone sweet, or nobody has to keep me sweet. It's just it's 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 just. Uh, uh, Pat and Windsor, they play for me, you know, and they know it, and and they 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 love doing it, and they they always asking me if I'm happy, you know, with what they're doing, which is great, and there's no arguments, you know, it's just uh, there's no, I won't say argument, difference of opinion, there's no differences of opinion, you know, we're we're all pulling in the same direction. They love the songs that I that I write, and and they want them to to be played. And, and and admired and and liked by the audiences so that they, they do their very best and and they're very good at it you know and um, they bring a lot of energy to it that um, that has been lacking uh in the sense that uh, they're 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 a generation younger than me you know they're 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 young enough to be my kids and um and sometimes I do feel like their dad you know and I <laughs> and I get uh, and I get to know what they're up to you know I, I I found um, uh, the end of the time when I was with the band that uh, I didn't really know what anyone's life was, what was happening in anyone's life anymore. You know, we were just meeting up like going to an office, uh, you know, and uh, and then after the uh, hours, uh, five o'clock, you know, we all went home to our different lives and I didn't really know what was going on with with, with in their lives. And, um, and I make a point of, you know, of, of, of asking Pat and Windsor about their lives, you know, and what they're up to and stuff, and um, and they ask me about me too. So uh, and we we share we share we share um, information, you know, in both directions, and it's uh, it's lovely. There's no politics. You've had three novels published. The process of of writing a novel compared to writing a song, apart from the fact that it, that it takes a lot longer, is it a different kind of mindset? Do you think? Well, listen, the only thing they've got in common is that they've both got beginnings and ends. And that's about the only thing that is that is there is in common between writing a novel and writing a song. It's it's I had I was shocked at how different a process it is. It's it's quite mind boggling. I mean, 
you're while you're writing a novel takes a lot longer than writing a song well it's most cases uh, some people take longer to write songs than others i mean i i remember the longest time i spent writing a song was about six months i spent on a song called black hair black eyes black suit i kept taking it back and re rewriting it and finally it took six months and i thought that was a long time you know uh and but with books you're talking about years and um and you've got to constantly remember what happened at the beginning because uh, because what happens in the middle has got to make sense with what happened at the beginning whereas a song it doesn't that doesn't necessarily follow um so you know there, there's all sorts of differences between the two it's fascinating discovering the difference in fact um Hugh I just wanted to sort of say I've gone back and listened to a lot of a lot of your stuff including right back to Nosferatu your first solo album um and, and your voice um it's so evocative for me. It takes me back to my, you know, teenage years and all that sort of thing. It's great to hear you singing again and singing well. Do you think you've really developed as a musician and, and a singer? You know, obviously you've developed, but do you think you've made leaps and bounds in those areas from, from back then to now? I don't think I've got as much range now singing-wise because I can't get up to some really high notes. Uh, and um, and Windsor helps me out sometimes uh, live. We, uh, we both sing he sings a high octave of what I'm doing um, sometimes. Uh, that helps. Um, but, uh, you know, they, the, the Nosferatu stuff is, uh, is very different from anything else I've done. And, um, and in fact, we'll be, we'll be touching some of uh, the Nosferatu when we, uh, when we come over. We, they, they, love, uh, they, love le- they love learning the stuff from Nosferatu, they say, because it's so complicated, so bloody complicated. <laughs> oh, we love it. Great. We love it. And they write their charts out. You know, they listen to it and write their charts out. And then we try and rehearse it. And they go, oh, my God, you know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, um, and, but, uh, but some of them are going to get an airing. You know, I mean, uh, Big Bug goes down. They love playing Big Bug. We Mothra. Like Are you going to play Mothra? Big bug. Mothra. <laughs> we play Mothra. Yeah, they, they oh. love playing Mothra too. So, uh, right. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be getting those out and giving them a dusting over as well. Yeah. And uh, uh, I gathered that you're a bit of a cricket fanatic. I have been known to enjoy a game of cricket. Yes. Didn't you do uh, a spot of cricket commentary? Well, <laughs> I've been on the I've been on the, in the commentary box in Sydney with uh, Jim Maxwell. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure if I actually I don't think he let me loose on the microphone <laughs> right. uh, to, to do any commentary but um, but I've been in the commentary box you know both in the UK and in Australia I, lo- I love it it's great great to hear the game well but I did uh, one of my great claims of fame is that I I watched the test match where Ricky Ponting got twin hundreds you know and I think it was in his hundredth test am I right in thinking that yeah, yeah. Uh, it was against South Africa, I think. And uh, I, I saw that match. Yeah, it was great. It's the Sydney Test. And I had a gig. I remember I had a gig that night uh, after he, on the fifth day. I had a gig that night in Sydney. So was it a uh, st- strategic misstep on your part to have your Australian and New Zealand tour happening in the winter here? Yeah, it didn't really work very well, did it? Um, but, um, but hey, your summers are still better than our your winters are still better better weather than our summers so i'm bringing uh, i'm bringing shorts and t-shirts you know 
and not many pairs of socks. Well, <laughs> that wouldn't work in some parts of yeah. uh, Australia, so definitely check the uh, long-range forecast. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, I think that just about wraps it up for us. If I can end at the beginning, something that, that has always in, intrigued me about the name Guildford Stranglers, which I think the, a name you took on board in, what, 1974? It was like a couple of years before punk. It was a very punk name. And, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious about how you managed to kind of conjure that yeah, up. Yeah, I think that John kept bringing it up. Uh, we we do, a, we do a gig and it went disastrously wrong, you know, and everyone hated us. <laughs> and uh, John, John would say, oh, the Stranglers have done it again. And so it was a sort of a pet word that he had. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we, we ended up uh, adopting it, you know. Um, uh, it, and uh, the name of the band that I'd brought over from Sweden, which, which sort of metamorphosed into the Stranglers, Johnny Socks, that, that <laughs> name didn't really, didn't really <laughs> fit with what we were doing. You know, the lineup had changed and the personalities of the people were different. And so that name didn't fit. So so it, it seemed to work better, you know. Well, it served you well. Um, I just want to say thanks for your time, Hugh. It's been a real uh, pleasure to speak to you. Right. I, I was in a very young band. I used to do a couple of Stranglers covers when we were 16 or 17, English Towns, and Everybody Loves You When You're Dead. So to speak to you is a great oh, you personal did, highlight. You did. Yes. You, did you, you covered those songs. Wow. We did, yeah. I had to learn your guitar parts. It wasn't too hard, but it took me a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, the, the accent is not too hard because uh, I've never really considered myself a, a, a bona fide guitarist. You know, I, I only started playing I started off as a bass player, actually, and uh, oh, okay. only started really trying to play guitar to, um, to accompany my voice. You know, it's, I, I'm a singer, really. I mean, I always have mm. been a singer, singer-writer, and... Uh, and the, the guitar playing has always been a side issue for me, and 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 I've never really invested enough time in in playing guitar. I, I do the minimum. <laughs> it's effective though; it's very effective. I, I've always enjoyed what you do, anyway. So uh, yeah, keep it up. We're looking well, forward to you. seeing you in Sydney. We'll uh, we'll be along for one of those gigs. So we're we're based in Sydney, so we'll come along and see you. Great! Yeah, 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 yeah. Make yourselves make your presence known because we'll uh, we'll we'll have a jar, as they say. I think. Right? I would love that. That yeah, would be great. fantastic. Yeah, Thanks, you. Brilliant. Thank thank you very much indeed for your time, gents. Thanks. Secret.